There are spiritual dimensions outside of our physical reality that affect us every day. Our dreams and awakening moments are the clues pointing us towards our identity and destiny. This is Spirit Wars. And we last spoke on dissociation. Symptoms of that, how do you can recollect, how you can pick that up in your own life if that is something that you're you're dealing with and different avenues to freedom and avenues to finding solutions to those problems and coming back together as a complete sort of person and finding unity really within your being. Courtney shared some examples there of her story and what disassociation might have looked for her and it was more of a jamming and cramming as much into her life as possible and being really full and she was finding that it was stressing her body out because she was just undergoing way too much and I don't know if that's necessarily more of a feminine version of dissociation because I know men can do that but I'm just I was working my masculine energy yeah as in like that's more of a a way that it can look sometimes with the feminine but as I lead into my story a way I notice that it, it definitely works for a lot of men and is through putting off purpose and a lot of these core foundational traditional ways that men find purpose and value in things like family and building careers or building work what they're building their vision is and abstaining from that putting those things off and really spending their energy in pleasure which is something Courtney and I spoke about only recently and when, I lead into that. What was that. saying when men don't have purpose they find pleasure. It can be a common thing you know and that, that was especially for me looking back at my younger years when you know guys do get heavily involved in things like video games or drinking that sort of weekend living culture that it is all about or even you hear language like people work for their weekend you know that language that comes out so often where people are like oh it's the grind oh, i've got to go back to work with the monday blues or i'm I, thankfully i'm in a position now where it's not that way it's actually i i live for work and i know there's purpose and i know there's such profound meaning in that and i know i can actually enjoy that and be fulfilled by that and see it that way and your language can shift but i say that because part of the experience that i'm going to share which happens to be disassociation based on the influence of a drug or of substance abuse. And it's not always that way. But in part, that comes because of a lifestyle where I was seeking pleasure. And that was the same with video games, you know, tapping out. I'm not really in tune with what I'm doing, where I'm going. I just want to be entertained. We have a term for that. What is the term, Rose? <laughs> a patch. A patch that you cover something that you're avoiding, that you don't want to look into it. So you have to get that mask, that patch, that surveys out. Then you can address that. Whatever is a substance or whatever is a video game, it's very different that you're getting joy and entertainment from it because you need a break. It's good for your mental. But if it's come to a point that you're using a patch to all totally go into that as a way of escape, that is a huge red flag. Yeah, and again, it goes down to it's not to say that those things are bad, but when that takes up most of your time, you know, I, I would be spending hours and hours and hours. You know, yep. I could spend a whole weekend invested in, and, and some of these games, they're obviously created and designed in a way where it really is triggering things in the man's psyche when it comes to like adventure and you know, leveling up and objectives and what you're achieving in the game. And it's all these things that you should be and can be finding fulfillment in in real ways that are actually beneficial to community and society and, and building up those around you. 
so again, like you say, Rose, it's when when it becomes a patch to use that language is when it becomes something that's sort of dominating my life. You escaped. Yeah, and, I, and it's definitely escape, and it doesn't necessarily feel that way. I feel like there's again because it's disassociation, there can still be a gap between even feelings. Your body, your soul, spirit, where you're at is not in unity. Because I would notice that even the very nature of the things that I was doing for pleasure were very quite self-destructive, mm-hmm. which to me speaks of a, a problem with my self-esteem or a poor value because the things that you value, you look after, right? That's the nature of love, right? Love is actually what edifies and builds up and you, you treat things with care, and concern because you see the value that's placed in that. And it's the same when we purchase things, you know, the part, the cost that you're prepared to pay for something determines the value in it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what sort of cost is involved in how I'm looking after my own life? And, but what I'm saying with the feelings is it didn't necessarily feel like I was being self-destructive. It no. just felt fun, you know, <laughs> but that led to this experience where I was did veer down that path of substance abuse for the sake of, you know, going out, wanting to try new things. It's what the crowd's doing. I was probably very easily swayed when I was that younger age as well. I was sort of a follow the crowd sort of guy. I uh, didn't have any sort of clear convictions and idea of what I should be identifying with and any sort of clear value system. So that meant I was sort of very easily swayed with the wind and circumstance. Needless to say, I'm living that sort of lifestyle with mates. You're going out and I happen to have way too much of a bit of everything. At the end of this morning, so it's obviously in the early hours of the day, like four or five in the morning, I've come back, we've been out clubbing, all that sort of stuff. My body's reacting to these substances and I have this this sort of -of out-of-body experience where I uh, actually get lost. So I had this moment where I'm sitting outside with friends and we're smoking. I sort of almost lift out of my body or feels very ethereal at first and unusual I walk over out into the lawn, I sort of close my eyes, and I essentially lose a sense of space and time where I'm at. I'm completely disorientated, and I don't realize initially, but I have a hard time coming back. And I can hear my friends, I can hear them talking, but it's very distant, and I don't know where, again, I don't know how to locate that. So I'm having this sort of, like, and it's beginning to sort of amplify and you're sort of sitting there within it and then it becomes more panicky. And my friends happen to notice this time, so they come over and they're talking to me and they sort of help bring me out of this and I have this whole moment where I I forget that I was even sitting on the couch because I'd, I'd walked over to where the lawn was and they went to sit me down on the lawn just to sort of try and ease me out of this. And I had this weird sort of sensation of almost like I fell through the earth. It felt like I was falling for eternity is the best way I can put it in like a split moment. It was super strange because... Can we hit pause real quick? Sorry. I'm a bit lost in the story. So you have come home from partying. Partying, yeah. So it's like four or five in the morning. And you're sitting in the backyard. We're sitting in the backyard, going over the night, just hanging out, smoking. And you're on the couch. And I'm on a couch. There's a couch that we have outside and... There's obviously a lawn in front of us. At what point did you realize I am not in my body? I feel like I'm floating. Is that what you would describe yeah, it? Yeah, it began in like a process because, again, I've, I've taken a whole range of things and I've smoked and then infused or done something chemically in my body and I've felt very ethereal, like I'm floating on the couch. And I'm like, this is really weird. So you're looking at everybody. Yes. Looking at the scene, but you're not feeling physical yeah it's it's quite it's almost like not tingly it's like i'm there but i'm not like the couch doesn't feel there it's like i'm sort of 
a good way to describe it maybe i mean that process of things something something shifting and changing is probably the best way to put it in terms of my perceptions and what i'm physically feeling you were fluid yeah maybe that's that's the point i was in where i'm moving towards this place that i inevitably fall into when i actually step up walk and shut my eyes and then i seem to just i get lost in whatever this place is okay but you can still see out of your eyeballs at this point i still can until i step up from the couch walk into the lawn and apparently my friends say I was standing there and swaying like a tree in the wind. And I'd shut my eyes and that was when I couldn't find where I was and I was stuck in this place. So it just felt like a black void and I didn't know yeah, what was going on. That's, a, that's one type. The other type most people would describe and most people experience is like they could be going through traffic, they could be walking really fast, but they feel like their being is out of their body a little bit that they can feel and sense their being, their body, but also there is something coming out. It's not completely on a void or blackout, but they are like, I'm floating out a bit. And then they will say, whoa, what is this? People would also describe like this to me most of the time. And that is another type. So what is actually happening there? Sorry, can you actually open that up, up, up a bit more? And that, and that's not quite like daydreaming, because I guess daydreaming can be a very limited small scale version of what might be taking place but it's different than that is what you're is that what you're saying yes definitely different because daydreaming you're using a lot of your imaginations and then you're Mm. going somewhere most of the time people will describe when i ask them about the colors it's more colorful on this stage they will feel like it's more grayish on your what you describe is like it's feel like completely colorless mm-hmm. if they have to describe it it's like don't that's have a color yeah that's how it is so it wasn't the black void it was just a colorless how how would you describe that a bit more it's like black and white tone for what's been experienced some people they are not in that sphere it's most likely stress related they will come out it's, i feel so gray i'm i'm doing everything but i sensing something more that is floating out of me. It's not completely completely flow out of me, but I feel like there is something of me coming out. Mm. And that is also another form. It's most of the time when we talk to them and say, what is the index of your stress level in your life? And then we look at it and then it's high stress and very busy. Most of the time they are also functioning, sensing everything in their body. But if you ask them about their mental state, they're very tired, very close to burnout. Which is also probably a contributing factor to what I was going through because I was also working in the markets at that time, so I had early starts. So the day actually looked like starting at 3 a.m. Friday morning and then not going to sleep until the following Saturday morning at like 11 a.m. close to midday. So that's sort of that, that's also playing within that's more that than mixture. So that's hours also awake. just in general that a lot of stress on your body. Majority of the time, if client come to me, I will ask them, are you working night shift? If they could, I often ask them that uh, just if you could change to another shift for a period of time until your body and your sleep pattern can be reestablished. Because if you're constantly doing that to your body, not sleeping at night or not getting enough sleep, you're definitely going to become very close to that stage. But it's also the flow-on effects from drug use that is the problem. What I'm talking about in being able to show up every day, whether it be work, your connections with your friends, your family life, 
your personal intentions. And I talked about this before with the soul. Your soul is your mind, will, and emotions. And sometimes our mind, will, and emotions do not give full expression to our spirit. Our spirit has these desires with our mandate to what we're going to bring to earth. And if it's getting caught in this mind, will, and emotions because they're fractured, it's not going to have this pure expression. We're not going to do something powerful when we have this um, trauma happening to our mind, will, and emotions. And I have to say, because I've spoken to a number of people over the years, it's as simple as when you're in conversation with them and they can't focus in the conversation to the point where I know they're not even really listening or hearing what I am saying. It gets to the point where I'm actually elevating the conversation to more shocking facts that are happening and I see no response, absolutely no emotional registration on their face or in their body to what I'm saying. And I'm looking at them thinking, should I go further with the shocking facts? Like where? And I didn't understand in my younger years, they're actually not even in their body right now. They're not in their body while I'm speaking to them because if I told them those shocking facts when they were in their body, they're not disassociating, they would be shocked. They would have the actual emotional reaction of being shocked that that person did this, this, and this. It took me a long time to realize that drug use was affecting a lot of the friends that I was in connection with. It got to the point where, you know, you have these out-of-body experiences, you're floating and all this. That's one way, but it's simple as they can't feel. They can't feel. They can't register within themselves. They can't access themselves. And that's what you were saying before, Rose, in the previous session, where it feels like there's a gap between where you are and who you are and your potential. You can't cross the gap. And that actually stresses out people more. I sometimes wonder, could it be because of the substance abuse causing some brain cells is being not functioning, disconnected or dead? So oftentimes we will work on making a creative reconnection on their brain cell. So it will help a lot. Then the being is being integrated we talk about it yesterday when we talk about all this integration. So I work a lot on helping people to have integrate about different part of their life, come back to a wholesome them, the person being. And what I was going through again, if you look at prolonged use, thankfully I didn't. I had a pretty. It wasn't an experience I wanted to repeat. <laughs> so I'm thankful that that was probably around a time as well when I was, like we said in the last episode was having those moments where I was slowing down and recalling where I'm really at and having a a proper reflection upon where my life was but you can certainly see if that's a prolonged thing that you're doing that can really there is a risk then obviously that's going to have some constant or some lasting effects on not not just in those moments but then carries over into your your regular day-to-day especially when you're trying to work or when you've got high stress situations in your life where the workload is a lot you know, the, the responsibility is a lot in your life in certain seasons. Say, for example, if you were to have children, you can't just not show up for your children. You can't, when you look at them, you need to be able to connect with them emotionally because children don't speak English or any language when they're infants. They're scanning their environment and they're scanning you and your energy and the cycles, the patterns, they can sense that in energy. So if people are not able to access themselves as parents, you end up with kids that are really vacant. The children end up being very vacant as well. And I've seen that with swimming coaching, not like almost robotic, but they just don't register emotion. It's like they're very, they're here, but they're not really there. 
it was actually really healing for a lot of these kids when they were coming through the squads because I'm such an animated person. I'm so vibrant and lively and active. Some of them had a little bit of um, a reaction to that because they've never experienced that. They've never experienced fun. What does fun actually feel like? Not just jumping around on the trampoline at someone's party and just shouting and screaming. What does fun and joy actually feel like inside of me? You know, not just observing it with everybody else and being part of a scene of fun. Well, how do I feel about that? And I love being part of the swimming club and running that and helping kids come alive, helping young people come alive. And I think it's just this whole culture that we're in where a lot of states in America are actually legalizing substance use, you know, whether it be for medical or whatever. But I'm just seeing how it's affecting the younger generations, people who are being parented by people who are still using substances and even though the government says it's legal and you're okay and you won't get caught by the police, we need to take a step back and think about how that's really affecting us and our emotional state and the the disassociation that's actually occurring from it. And obviously that makes sense that you're talking about patterns, you know, patterns that come through in your parents and the way they think their behaviour and how those patterns then replicate because a lot of, and, and, and how children can pick up things patterns and not necessarily later on in life be aware of those patterns because they've just been that's the normal that's something I've just accepted I haven't necessarily questioned at that age and it can take it can take a bit of conscious effort to actually go back and even again self-reflection questioning things that I do intentionally or questioning little idiosyncrasies and and body language and you know things that I'm saying and going why do I do that why is is there a different way that that can be done? You know, is that the healthiest way to think or be? So the story ends with you landing back in your body, I'm assuming, because you're here with us now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's an imposter. Someone else has entered in and it's, it's yeah, yeah, it's cloned. Hope not. <laughs> Hope I haven't married somebody's. Yeah, yeah. It's actually Bruce. Um, That's scary because that actually does happen sometimes, so we probably shouldn't joke yeah. about it. You came back to the place where your friends were helping you come back into your body. So they had picked up on what was what was happening. I'm assuming they've had these experiences themselves. No, no, they hadn't at that point. I don't think they have any inkling or desire to, as, as far as I know. Maybe they have since. So that was uh, quite remarkable that they were at least even with it to sort of talk me through it. And obviously they knew immediately it's it's the substance that's having an effect on me so they could were better positioned to then talk me through that. And it was just this process of, like you were saying, taking stock of where I was. I was like relearning almost to use my body because... Straight after you came back into your body? Yeah. It was sort of like I, what happened was I came back into my body when they'd sat me down the lawn and they thought, okay, let's just go inside and change of scene. We'll watch something on Netflix, something you know light-hearted so you walk inside and I think someone said a joke or told something that I thought was very funny and as I laughed I was sort of cramped up and fell on the floor again and then I shut my eyes and I went back in this this void and then it was a case of them sort of talking me through that so you it, could hear their voice but yeah, you couldn't see them you're, in, you're black yeah it was all black and I've, I just couldn't open my eyes and it just was this process of them talking me through that until the substance sort of gradually wears off but then you're also it was like sort of relearning to use my body, my limbs. I was touching the tiles and it was like I was feeling the texture of the tiles and looking at the colours and everything it was very saturated and quite vibrant. There was some sort of sensory effect that was clearly taking place. Well, I was relieved and then I 
was a bit more at peace when I, I came to the realization, okay, it's just these drugs, it's all going to be okay. And that sort of process then drew out for about three hours when got breakfast and I'm sort of tripping out still. And How long do you think it took to get that sensation, have that sensation back into your into your body where you're feeling your fingers and you're not actually actually consciously aware you're feeling your fingers? Do you know what I mean? Things that you normally do at a subconscious level and that your body is trained and that become those actions that are just repetitive actions that you don't like. I go to pick up a glass. I'm not thinking about my arm moving and picking up a glass, but it was like those had a reset on them, on those movements, those basic functions. And that was also a surprise to me. So it felt like, oh, it's like I'm a child again relearning things, or like this must be what it's like as a baby. Again, that wasn't I wasn't anxious at that point, but it was just sort of this process of like relearning to, to walk, etc., and that took what a couple of days. That no, that, that thankfully that process only. You lasted. couldn't walk for a couple of days. You were crawling. <laughs> thankfully, that process only lasted probably half an hour to an hour. Ben, why are you crawling on the forklift? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can could, you pick up the uh, crates, please, yeah, sir? Yeah, yeah. But you can see how dangerous that is if people oh, are going yeah, into work. People are fig- even if people are doing those sorts of things con- consistently, you know, I don't know. Who knows what you could be wearing down in terms of you know brain function and synapse junctions. Yeah, I don't know the terms firing. for all those sorts of things, but nerve endings. Dying. Yeah, you don't, you just don't know like what that what that looks like, but well, it probably ends up well. What we saw with a lot of our friends who did smoke uh, frequently, they ended up with very high anxiety because everything was very hard for them. It was hard to show up to work on time. It was hard to do the duties. If more duties got given to them, they could not break down big tasks into smaller jobs. The problem-solving techniques, that part yeah, of your brain. Your focus is, is clearly diminished. I remember you telling me, the, me that story the first time, and I thought, that's a bit concerning. Where is this black void? <laughs> but since then, I think we've had lots of conversations with other people even, and I think Rose with clients as well, in terms of people doing types of substances that end up with um, hallucinations and what that ends up. You can see them all on social media. People have got plenty of stories. But I just want to make something very clear right here, right now. Nobody needs to do a substance or go to a certain place to have a spiritual experience. You are mind, will, and emotions, but you also are spirit. That is your true essence inside of you. And when you are not in this disassociated state, it is easier to access things from the spiritual realm and to pick that up, whether it be in dreams or everyday moments, and to link yourself in the spiritual realm, you don't need to have any other objects to help you with that. That is drawing external reference points to try and access something outside of your body to have this spiritual experience. You don't need to do that. It's a lot easier when we're not stressed, when we're having these quiet moments, to hear from the spiritual realm, to actually exercise our spiritual gifting as well. When you are in this alignment state, that is when you're going to have the most spiritual experiences that will impact your life and change your life. Not only are you aligned, but you're able to receive and give out a lot clearer. There's not that blockage there in the soul. So I love what we were talking about in terms of not just the symptoms of disassociation, but how do we deal with this? What are some constructive steps with it? So Ben is going to spend a lot of time at the beach. We're all going to spend a lot of the time at the beach, get those negative ions firing up through our feet into our body and changing our vibration. Stay tuned for the next episode. We will be coming back with a very, very intriguing story with Scott at Black Mass. <laughs>